So the big question is this, how are massage therapists like us, who didn't cheat and sell our souls to a corporate machine, who are spending money from our own pockets, how do we market in a way that lets us get our wellness services and the things that we believe in out to the world and still remain profitable? That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. There's a lot of you since what's going on in the world with the global lockdown are spending a lot of time on webinars. You're doing a lot of Zoom calls or some kind of conferencing and, and just really, you know, inter interacting with people who are either your neighbors or you're doing social distancing or they may be across the pond or across the country, across the world, wherever they are. What if you can actually market your business effectively, actually promoting your business quietly while your customer or your potential customers talking with you in a interactive meeting or conference space, or maybe you're doing a webinar yourself. What if you were able to, to turn your background into one of your most powerful marketing tools? Now today, I get to interview another amazing marketer business owner is Eric Berg, who is the CEO of Apple Rock. They have been around for 30 years here in North Carolina. They So if you think of them in a specific space, they those big displays you see at conventions as well as things that are local and accessible that's what they're built so thank you very much eric for being here and i'm going to let you come on live excited to be here and uh tonight's a very exciting uh topic about how to stay in front of your customers in creative new ways so super all right eric i want you in your in your most eloquent way tell us a little bit about Eric Berg. I mean, I got a little bio on those of you who read the bio a little kind of find out about him, but tell us in your own words who you are and what you do. Well, for the last three decades, really what drives me, what gets me excited every day is to come in and make things happen for customers or prospective customers to show them that there's a way to engage and excite a customer to look at you as a possible vendor supplier partner. And the way you do that over 30 years has changed. We used to, uh, you know, reach out and touch people through faxing. There was no internet. Now there's internet. Now there's podcasts. Now there's video. There's interactive. There's immersive. There's now video conferencing, streaming live. Uh, there's a lot of tactics that have evolved. But the strategy is how do you get your customer to uh, fall in love with you and not drift away. Hmm. So now, um, with with everything coming on, what are some of the things? That, and I saw you do a video, really, really powerful video, which really got my attention. And right. I, I definitely. And you and I have known each other for many, many years. Um, I've been to your office back when it was, you know, out there. It was a small office at the time, yeah, and you was. way beyond that single office into how many states are now you're operating out of? We're in four states, uh, New Jersey, Virginia, Las Vegas, and North Carolina. Okay, excellent. So tell us now about you know the big exciting news that you started doing and you saw an opportunity to serve your customers and even some of your potential customers. Yeah, it, it's just very similar to what you're doing right now. Uh, essentially, people are now forced, uh, really, because they have to make their home, their office, and being able to brand and be able to 
professionally present yourself out of your living room, your porch, your patio, your uh, little nook in your house, um, while your kids and dogs are running around. We looked at that as an opportunity to present a way to not only show and brand uh, your background, but also make sure that your company is what they're paying attention to and not your dogs and your kids and whether you left your shoes out or not. <laughs> I'm, I'm laughing because I remember that viral video. And many of you remember the dad who was in Asia and his, his daughter came just sashaying and it was all cute and, and it went viral and that was really amazing. But your your viewer may not always appreciate your kids in the background. So. Yeah, I mean, there's a, you know, I literally was on a Zoom uh, conference call the other day and this uh, professional woman having a, a very uh, serious talk about how to grow businesses and what her goals were. And in the background, I'm watching her kids and her dogs fighting with each other. And I really couldn't pay attention to what was really a valuable presentation. And she couldn't, and I felt, I, I felt like all of a sudden a light bulb went off and I was like, okay, this is the moment where, this is the beginning of the idea. You know, what I would like to share with you is this idea of working at home and being virtual and being physical is going to be the new normal. And, you know, there's no all 100% virtual or 100% at home and never seeing people again physically. Uh, I don't subscribe to that at all. Um, people love, you know, seeing things live like concerts and equipment and demos and you just can't, you can get as virtual as you possibly can, but there's nothing short of having a uh, breaking bread with somebody and getting to know them. So at the end of the day, restaurants are gonna be back, um, you know, events are gonna be back. They may be very different, but we're, we're, we're gonna learn something out of all this, which is this virtual backdrop and this concept of physical and virtual are all going to be better uh, synergized than ever. And, and and I guess I guess the other follow-up question for me with regards to your background or your if you're a virtual office or your porch and you want to um do you think people are going to have more than one background? So for example, you know, maybe in my case, you know, I'm a veteran and and I sort of have the, the military thing in the background, but maybe I'm talking to a bunch of business owners and maybe they may not appreciate it. Do you think people are going to go with, you know, say three or four or maybe even five different backgrounds for the different messaging? I'm working on right now to kind of give you the big idea. I'm working on right now for a company, a virtual um, television set inside their corporation so they can talk to their 90 locations uh, every day in a professional um you know, uh, 4K approach. So that's a uh, virtual, uh, instead of trying to visit 90 locations, can you imagine having your own television network that can live stream to your people every day about what's going on? It's what made Walmart so special was Sam Walton was able to talk to all of his associates every Saturday morning. There was no way to physically be there but when he did visit, it was a big deal. But this idea of having multiple backdrops is really important because 
It could be that you have different um, divisions where one day you're talking to an automotive group and the next group is uh, nursing or it's uh, material or it's paper and plastic and metal. I mean, you could virtually be able to brand not just your corporate identity, but your message to who you're trying to speak to. Exactly. And I think that's appropriate given the fact that, you know, there are cottage industries which are being, you know, developed right now or people who are at home who are really reinventing themselves and innovating themselves and maybe because their primary focus is one thing or maybe they have one business here, but maybe they have, you know, a home-based business like, a, you know, a, a nutraceutical or they sell other things and they don't really want them to know, you know, one audience that on this side, I'm a physician. But on this side, I'm a, you know, whatever else you ever do. So it sounds like you can actually interchange that professional looking studio um, for not only the smaller, you know, kind of I'm at my house, but even the corporate level who need to have a different message depending on their environment. Right. It's like, you know, I'm I'm thinking I know we're talking about personal environments, but I'm talking about I have a why not do the high school graduations instead of robbing the high school you know, kids from their graduation? Why not do a virtual graduation and live stream that? Why not be that creative? Um, tell me about that, because I just I mean, I, I read that right now. I mean, my wife was talking about it earlier about, you know, the kids, you know, in those are those are kids who have X number of credits pretty much in the next two weeks are going to graduate from high school. But when do you have the official celebration for the 30 year, 13 years that you spent from kindergarten all the way to the 12th grade? How, yeah. tell me, how does that work? I mean, virtually we have a tool today that could create a virtual avatar. Um, in other words, you could have students line. We could make it look like Pixar where you create the bodies who come up and it could say, my daughter's Olivia who's graduating this year and she could literally go up herself and virtually handshake <laughs> and get, get her diploma when still being safe in, in the COVID-19 world that we're living in. Wow. And, and then they could clap and, you know, she could feel like she at least did it. Um, you know, there, there are things that, that that technology is readily available. Now it costs money, and, yeah. but it's, uh, how would you like to feel like you're graduating from college, you know, this year and you, what are you gonna do? I so, mean, really, I mean, when, when you really consider it, considering that there's a, it's a school system, they have to rent a coliseum or auditorium or, you know, have to have all these other parts of it. So graduation is expensive by its very definition. So you're gonna have to pay for it. So if you already have the allocated funds anyway, why not, you know, restructure those into something more virtual to give the kids a feeling of accomplishment because 13 years in school and they'll probably have another four to eight years of, you know, 12 or 13 if they're going to medical school. Um, really is significant for those kids who really, really, you know, done their best to, to graduate from high school. To take this a step further, though, there's going to be, and there already is technology out there where you're going to be able to have a digital background, which literally can change. Um, and it's very exciting. You know, it could, you know, if you wanted to show yourself on the beach, you can literally show yourself on the beach.
and you can show yourself, you know, one minute in Chicago, the next minute in New York. And we're going to have to figure out how to make virtual communication exciting and engaging because it's like watching a, a PowerPoint that's not very exciting <laughs> for a while, you know, your, back, your backdrop has to get exciting with it. Yeah, I've seen some virtual backgrounds and they're, they're pretty they're pretty amazing what you could yeah. do with a green screen and, and, and a background. It's fun. And but, you know, you once again, we're going to be in a world um, and we're in it right now, which is how do I conduct my business from home? And somehow um, we're talking about today um, doing augmented reality on your websites. So in other words, it used to be that you had to download an app. Now you can do uh, you know, AR and you can actually show people a piece of equipment um, literally coming off your screen by just using your phone and not having a downloaded app. I mean, we're gonna have to make this experience as immersive as possible. And whoever does this best and stays in front of their customers best is going to be way ahead when this thing's over. I agree. I mean, it, it is. I mean, this is a great opportunity for anybody who has an innovative mind like yourself. Um, one of the one of the questions I want to backdrop was, how the heck did you get into this business? Because I mean, you've been at this for a really long time, and and I remember reading your articles over the area journals and you know various you know publication and seeing you on television. I mean. You've been at this. I mean, to say you've been at this, you know, for thirty years is something to be said. Um, from taking a, a, you know, an operation that was, and I remember when it was smaller, to four states and doing all kinds of exciting things with your, with your, with your great people. Well, you're very kind for saying that. I mean, really, what it comes down to is, you know, what's your purpose? Um, you know, my wife told me today, and I don't know if you're a spiritual or religious person or not. But I will tell you that it's almost my calling to get up every day and help people, you know, move forward. It's not about me anymore. It's really about I really feel like I've got a calling to help businesses grow and do something. Our, our saying here at Apple Rock is where better ideas are built. And I always feel like there's a better idea out there and I'm never settling for you know, hey, it's always worked. We're gonna always do that. And that's really what gets me up every day. I feel like I've done this for three years, not 30 years. Really? And I honestly, honestly, if you met, you've known me a long time. Uh, honestly, if I had to reinvent myself because every five years, the world changes. That is true. So I don't really feel like I've done the same thing for 30 years. I feel like I've been six different companies. Um, and you know, my wife, who's a big partner of mine, you know, she said, you're always building another company over top of your company because, you know, you've got to start thinking five years ahead because what's the next, what's the next thing. And, uh, you know, I really believe that we're very, very close to be able to do things with technology. When the internet came out, they said face-to-face -face marketing was going to die and it grew. Um, technology. Have you ever been to CES? 
the show in Las Vegas? No, I've, I've never even been to Las Vegas. Okay. I've been there many times. <laughs> well, I should, I should have started off saying thank you for your service. I feel very bad for not have started with that. So thank, thank you very much for what you've done. Um, but the, the whole idea is to be, um, to, to do your presentations, whether you're at home with a backdrop or whether you're at a show or an event or to, to be able to surprise people and get people to see a, a smile on their face and see them learn something new and get them to go, wow, you know what? This trip was worthwhile um, is really fantastic. And we want to enlighten people. And I feel like you're doing that right now with your podcast. I mean, you're looking for people who are, are trying to be a, a bright, positive energy in a world that is a little dark right now. And I want to commend you for what you're doing because you don't have to do what you're doing. You're doing it probably because you love it. I truly do. I truly do. I didn't know it until I was talking to another colleague a couple of years ago. And, and I was like, I want to I want to really see what makes people do what they do so that other people can see them in the same light that I do, that I, you know, I've, I'm in awe of you and all the folks who I've interviewed. And just to see, because, you know, oftentimes we are in our day to day operation We're you know, we're solving problems, you know, quietly. A lot of times we're, you know, we're making sure the payroll gets paid. We're paying our taxes. We're, you know, we're marketing. We're always doing the things. But we don't oftentimes get a chance to, for folks to really know the essence of really, you know, who the business owner or who's the business leader with regards to marketing. And when we know them, we find that we love them, we trust them, and, and we hopefully will buy from them, you know, in the future. So yeah. that's kind of and, and in giving everybody a platform, because I think a lot of times people think that business owners go into business because they just want to make a whole bunch of money. Yeah, you want to make a lot of money, of course. Or you want to make money because you got to pay your bills and your family and everything like that. But it sounds like for you, it, it was never that. I mean, what what really got you started? Say, I'm going to build a display company and then I'm going to go four states deep. I'm going to pay, you know, some of the top people who are creative minds and innovative minds. How did you get down to that point which says, Mm, this is this is my calling. I'm gonna do this. What is your background? Yeah, my background is I went to the University of South Carolina and uh, learned finance. Really? Yeah, finance. And you know, when you learn, I thought I wanted to be a commercial lending officer at a bank. <laughs> Seriously? Seriously. That's I've true. never known you to do that. And, uh, I mean, I've never known you to be that. And I'm not saying I know it's just, people, but it's crazy. Know, yeah. And. Um, but why I liked why I was interested in finance is that I was curious how people made money in all these different businesses. You know, I look at television and I'm watching the commercials versus the you know the actual shows because I'm intrigued on how these companies are trying to market their businesses and what makes them tick. And I I walk factories every opportunity I have because. There used to be a show called Dirty Jobs. I don't know if you ever. Yeah, uh, Mike Rowe. Mike Rowe. I thought that was fantastic. You know, he would go out and uncover this, you know, what makes these jobs work and why do people do them? And um, but really, when you're in the world that I'm in right now, I get to work with five, six hundred businesses a year and I help them, you know, literally make their brand come to life. You know, there's a there's a website 
and then there are their people and how do you get how do you get their culture and their brand to be physically impressive so that you take your business from IBM to Oracle and how do you make that all work and how do you it's it's relationships and really what it comes down to is trust we build we build a bridge for people to talk to each other so that the trust gets high enough so that someone's willing to give you an opportunity to do business with them. Hmm. And it's really strategically interesting because you're not gonna change your business partner until you trust them. And if you don't know them and you've never met them before, a, a trade show, an event, a backdrop in a house, a presentation, a virtual, until I feel comfortable with you, I'm not doing anything. And my job is to soften the ground so that companies can have conversations to see if there really is something there that they can do business with each other. Hmm. Wow, that is profound. So, I mean, I like the I like the way you say soften the ground, <laughs> get past some of the you know the hard. Have you have you ever called somebody you didn't know? I yeah, mean, it's hard. Oh God, yeah, cold calling is a beast. I know, but if you happen to be walking at an event and you walk by something that catches your eye and you're like, wow, that's interesting. You are, you're able to start something going, which is a conversation that usually ends up into a, a presentation that usually ends up into a great demonstration. And before you know it, you've got a relationship started. Um, so, so I wanted to ask that question. So when, when somebody comes by, you know, one of your one of your clients and customers, no matter if they're in New Jersey or they're in Las Vegas or wherever, are you looking to inform the potential? Like, say you're at a furniture um, convention or you're at a uh, military convention, which I attend, you know, here on, on the East Coast, military and, and military related business organizations. Right. Are you looking to inform them, you know, with your displays or are you looking to sort of grab them in so that they can so that you are creating that that kind of soft foundation for a potential business relationship to get started? Yeah. If you get deeper into the relationship, you, you have two people, people who you're doing business with and people you're not. And the, the uh, every display, every meeting, every activation, whether you're a sponsor of a golf tournament or you're a sponsor of a television show, if you're a current customer, you're in the business of keeping a very welcoming, open um, relationship to say, listen, we appreciate you and we want to show you what's new. If you've never done business with us before, we've got to catch your eye because you're not interested in, in us at this point. So we have to do what they call trigger marketing, which is something that catches your eye, that triggers an emotion to say, I'm going to walk over there or I'm going to ask a question because something over there looks like it's interesting. It's like the shiny object, the moth to a light. It's really what it's all about. And so you really got to be able to catch the attention of someone who never thought they would do that movement towards you. But now you've got them. You've got to make your best five to 10 second pitch. Excellent. Well, I remember um, talking to or listening to one of my marketing mentor and what you described basically is your hook. What yeah. is the hook? You know, what is the hook? You know, the story comes in later and the offer comes in later. But first you got to you know, emotionally get them to, you know, they're going one direction past your booth and you look to the right and 
oh, I need to go over there versus, oh, that's just another display. So it sounds like you've, yeah. you've mastered that art. Yeah, and, and actually the hook, you, you've mentioned something that's really interesting is when you're in the world that we're in right now, you know, I've lived through the financial crisis, Y2K, the Mayan calendar ending. <laughs> I mean, you can take, it goes on and on and on. But the reality was every time the hook was the same, it's what's your plan? You know, if the world's going to end, then you don't need a plan, right? Right. But if the world is going to continue, you've got to do something. What's your plan? And, and I've always asked everybody, you know, what's your plan? Because if you don't have a plan, what are you, what are you? You're, you're going backwards or you're going under. And we want to make sure that all of our clients have a plan when it's good or when it's bad. I mean, when 9-11 happened, it was horrific. But this, this situation is, I heard someone on the radio say it fantastic today because we're not in a recession. We're not in a depression. We're in a suppression. Um, and I thought that was fantastic word. Wow. I've never even I've never even thought of it, but it now makes sense. We're in a suppression. Yes, and uh, because and no, we've never had something just shut down. You know, we were roaring, and you know, we've had things that caused a recession and a depression. But this this is like someone just pushing us down, and we're gonna bounce back up. And what's your plan? A lot of people are laying people off, and it's dangerous. Because when it comes back, you know, it may be too late. So. It's, it's going to be too late. And and one of the things that I'm, I'm being very cautious about the folks that we work with and we interact with, you know, not only just a wellness center that, you know, I operate with, but on the uh, marketing side and helping other people to understand is that it will bounce back. You have to stay out there. You still have to continue to, you know, spend those marketing dollars. You may have to shift them a little bit. But you're going to still have to do that because, like you said, after you know the suppression, <laughs> you know, let's go and it lets off. People are going to spring out, and if you haven't been constantly, you know, sort of, you know, getting out there and, and interacting with those customers or potential customers, you know, you may have had somebody who was barely in the industry like you, and they've really gone forward full charge, and they will go right past you. Yeah, this you you've said it really masterfully. Um, you have this opportunity because if nothing changes, it's like a NASCAR race. You know, everyone waits for the cars to crash and then you get an opportunity to change your position. This is an opportunity to go from number five to number two or one because you caught everybody sleeping. Yep. So um, we're spending more marketing dollars now than we did before this happened. Because and you should. <laughs> but I mean, it's, it's really an opportunity and people think I'm crazy, but I've, I, I actually opened up our Las Vegas location in 2008. It was horrible. A financial crisis. It was terrible, but it was great for us because we gained a lot of market share in what was a very downtime. Yep. So it's. And, and very few, very few eyes are out there. I mean, I was looking at the competitors, even in my space, who have backed off a lot of their marketing. I was talking with a guy um, uh, the other day who who sends out those mailers that you get in the mail. Right. And he, he said, oh, you know, in 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 certain industries, they're backed off or they're completely shut down because you know government mandate or whatever. But it's like, why are you not marketing again? 
I mean, why are you stopping? Because you know it's they're going to flip back. But if you don't do anything now, they're going to go somewhere else. It's like a marriage. <laughs> it's and so I I think right now what they're doing is fantastic. I think the um, the most we can do at home when you're working at home is to treat it like you're working at the office. I don't know how you do it. I don't know if you have your own separate room or. I wish I have three kids would drive me nuts. <laughs> but it's, uh, you know, we're, we're finding that it's, you know, people who have not ever worked at home, they end up, you know, cleaning the house, doing laundry, taking care of the kids. And some people get more work done. Some people get less. But I think the goal is the hardest thing is maybe getting people to go back to the office. That's going to be a challenge. That's going to be a challenge, I think, for employers. Um, to, because people may have found that they can be more efficient. They can get a lot more work done um, and they might feel happier not actually coming into the office. So it might be a challenge to get some people to come back, you know, in yeah. that capacity, if they can get a higher level of work done at home. Uh, and if the boss is happy with that, I think it might be a win-win. Yeah. And it is difficult. We're unfortunately in a business that, um, it's a collaborative and you got to have everybody here and there's some things you can't do at home, but in the world that, you know, um, about the backdrops and being able to use virtual technology, I don't know, which one do you prefer? Do you like zoom or go to meeting or do you like, which one do you like the best when you're having, you know, I, I, I use a, a variety of ones. I don't have loyalty to any specific one. And that's only because, you know, being in the military, military business always reminds you to have multiple, you know, ways of getting out of something. Right. You, know, you want to have an exit strategy. So you can't, you know, if the bridge is blown out, are you going to go through the water or, you know, I mean, just use a military, you know, thought and methodology. So I am always of the, of the understanding have at least three ways to do something because undoubtedly, you know, something might happen. Like, for example, people found out for a while that Zoom had a security error. So Zoom's, you know, credibility went down. And so people went to go to meeting and then they started using some of the other services out there that are, it's kind of funny because of just a platform. There's a lot more of these platforms. I mean, they like popped up in the last couple of weeks. I know. I'm, I'm just, <laughs> it's really hard. I don't know if I'm doing go to meetings, Skype, Zoom, Microsoft team. You know, there's face. I mean, it's, it's just unbelievable. But the but the universal thing is don't. I would rather do a video conversation than emailing back and forth and not having my face or person um, video up. I don't know how you feel about that, but I think it's very um, important in today's world to show your face. I agree. You know, a lot of millennials do not feel that way and they'll text you. They'll barely email you um, and they're, you know, they don't normally do the video at all. And I feel like this video, unfortunately or fortunately, is a good way to get to know somebody because it's, it you're, I, I don't know. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I was saying it is and I'm finding that I'm, I'm having you know, conversations that are a little long. I remember a, a really good thought leader once said, he said, one of the most positive things about about the COVID vi um, virus and epidemic is it's going to shock a lot of people is that one, you're going to be closer to people you otherwise would not talk to. You want to have a more intimate relationship with even 
business colleagues because just the, just the distance is going to cause you to want to yearn to talk to them a little bit more. You right. know, or you may have just passed them in the hallway and said, "Hey, how your family? They're fine. They're good." But now it's getting into some really, you know, tell me more about your mom who's in New York or who's in Long Island or Miami. Are they okay? I mean, is there anything I can do? And and the people are really genuinely want to hear that. And and I'm finding that business leaders that I interact with, you being one of them, you know, will say yes. You know, <laughs> as well, opposed yeah. to yeah. Hey, I can do it right now because I'm in Vegas. <laughs> well, I mean, you've just kind of unearthed a really important part is the art of having a conversation. Um, because the dinner table is almost, you know, um, been eliminated. I mean, you know, we we gave up the five o'clock, six o'clock dinner with the family, and we all went our separate ways, and we we lost the skill of communicating with everybody and holding having a conversation with somebody just as long as we have right now is not a skill that everybody has. I agree. And I wanted to say hello to my friend Josh Shaminsky because he said hello a little while ago. Um, okay. He's somebody who, <laughs> who, for some reason, you know, saw I was online and asked me a question. And at 11 something at night, we were having a FaceTime conversation. Right. And it was about family, but it was also about business. And, I, and I'm finding that um, sort of like the hours that you normally would operate have become a lot more relaxed. Do you find that? Uh, uh, the same, or do you say, okay, you know what? It's after nine o'clock. I can't talk to you. Yeah, and I, and I I think that that's a um, a real danger. But yes, because I do feel like there's got to be a point where you're off the grid to reduce. Uh, I, I think people in this situation now, because we're we're producing protective gear now, um, face shields, um, face masks, um, you know, to help the New Yorkers in New Jersey. Um, hotspots, and I feel like I've got to pick up the phone because I'm helping save people. But it's, uh, you know, your family's got to have some privacy. But you're right. I mean, you could go 24-7 right now. Yes, you could. But 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 as you said, you know, earlier, you have to reduce. You have to step back. You have to shut it off. You have to go outside. You have to, you know, you have to be human, you know, not just connected to technology. So, I, I know we went a little further because it was actually only supposed to be 30 minutes, but now we're we, the, the mojo was flowing and you were in it. And I was like, geez, I mean, we can keep this going for another half hour because yeah, you're dropping some serious bits of nuggets and information. I think every business owner, no matter if they're a, you know, a, a, a cottage industry that where their business is like, a, I mean, it's traditionally at home and it never really left the office, or you're talking about a Fortune 500 or even 100 CEO it's applicable across the board. I agree. And I uh, apologize if we got too far, but it was fun. <laughs> and, uh, I, w I hope you and your family stay safe. And once again, thank you for your service. And I, I hope all the best to you. Thank you very much, Eric. And I really appreciate you taking the time out of your schedule away from your wife and your, and your kids. Want more ideas to expand your business without destroying your hands? Go to NikkeiRoach.com. Inside this site, you'll find my top secrets that has helped me give more, work part-time, and make three times the money and liberate my family time.